don't remember that one. <laughs> well, what was it? <laughs> Maybe we remember it. Or some of our listeners do. Nissan, the Pigeons commercial. Nope. There we Doesn't go. sound familiar. <laughs> right along. Do we all remember um, When I Grow Up? The little kids talking about, this is a monster.com back in the days of monster. Oh, When right. I grow up, I want to have a brown nose. <laughs> when I oh, grow up, yeah. I want to be a yes man. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Got a little too real with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 258, it's a podcast with a guy and a guy and a guy. This guy's Mike. <laughs> this other guy's Craig. And here we are. Oh boy. How's, oh. It going? How's it going, Mike? Good. How's it going, Craig? I'm hanging in there, getting closer. Kickstarter's coming. Oh, almost. So much Any left to now. do. So much left to do. <laughs> Oh boy, let's talk to our guest, and he can uh... tell us who that other guy is. Yeah. Hello, it's Josh. Josh, video game Josh. Welcome back. It's a rocking tune, man. <laughs> I would let it play longer, but I don't know how long it goes. It goes for a while. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's from a game soundtrack, so it's not like a full song, but it's a good two minutes, I think. <laughs> I think you're to say it just loops over and over it's, and over it's, again. It's a lot of the same stuff, admittedly. Yeah, yeah. It's an, you know. Well, Craig's always telling me to, uh, quick, bring it down. It's going to end soon. <laughs> Somebody's going to sue us. All that, too. Fair yeah. use, fair no, use. I don't think anybody's going to bother to sue us. No. <laughs> For yeah, our, I know you for our dozens of dollars. Yeah, I know YouTube. I think it's like ten seconds. You have to keep it too. There's it's it's weird. It's because we looked it up when we first started doing this, looking at the, like the numbers for like fair yeah. use. What's in it's it's really vague unless mm-hmm. it's been firmed yeah. up somewhere well, recently. Like, well, but like, for a while it was very vague. Now YouTube that might be a specific like YouTube says YouTube their only this long their automated system will flag it if there's yeah. like ten seconds or more. I think is the uh, the cutoff. Well, we were just looking at like what are the rules, and the rules were like. A reasonable amount of time. Right. <laughs> Fair they're, use. They're fuzzy until there's a legal challenge. Yeah. Yeah, it was somewhere between too long and the whole thing. <laughs> well, what's too long? <laughs> well, the and the only ones that we've ever played the song full length were I think we've done a few South Park songs. Mm-hmm. Because we know darn well that Matt and Trey are never going yeah, to they... pitch a fit over something like this. And frankly, if they did, I'd kind of welcome the publicity. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What's up? Uh, more more Nerdburger Games news. Yeah. Uh, well, Kickstarter's coming up too again. March 6th. Here it comes. Here it comes. Um, but I decided to, in an effort to boost the M&A sales a little bit, the mur- murders and acquisitions and get uh, more people kind of checking things out. I'm putting out like a, a monthly... You clear out that stock? No. Before the new game comes in? No, I got piles of books at home. <laughs> All <laughs> my books. <laughs> I'll post a picture sometime of my, my home stock. Yeah. Um, no, I have... Uh, I'm doing like a one-page PDF supplement thing for Murders and Acquisitions called Murders and Acquisitions Memos. <laughs> and it's set up like a memo, an office memo, that tells you about something new in the game nice. it's just new rule stuff and i'm i've written a few of them and i got tim egan who did some design work on both of the games he's going to write some of them um and we're, the, the plan is to put out one uh, one a month okay through the end of the year i'm going to see what they do see how see what i get out of it you know like does it seem like it generates some more sales do i get a lot of downloads um so we'll see what happens are we going to be talking to him tim um, or, or, uh, not this time i don't think so okay because he has, I know we're gonna he, be, has, he has been on before, and I kind of wanted to hit on some of the people I'm, who we're haven't. We're talking to some other people this yes. time. Yeah. Yep. Cool. We'll talk a little bit about what that schedule looks like. Um, actually, after this one, this is gonna. This is the last episode before the Kickstarter. Oh, Kickstarter oh, next yeah. week. Um, and so, the first episode after the Kickstarter goes live, we'll record with James Intracasso, who wrote for the game 
and also is one of my internet buddies. And if you listen to an episode where I recounted, where I called in from Akatacon, the guy that I put on the mic yep. with you for a minute. Yep. Sure. That's, that's James. Okay, cool. Anywho, um, yeah, so there's M&A memos. <laughs> it's like a little, you know, two, all M&A players and supervisors. Ray, and then has like the, <laughs> regarding, you know, sure. what the thing mm-hmm. is. And and it's a, it's a memo. One of them's got a monster. One of them's got new spells. Cool. Sweet. So that's that. Josh, anything interesting on, on your front that you want to share? Um, Kind of both video game and wrestling news. Mm. Uh, there, there is this... Uh, well, we'll get to the video game thing. Yeah. Well, well, this is just a news story that oh. combines the two. Um, there is a, a is game... It, is this a proper news story? Uh, it's just kind of a fun little thing in case anyone... Uh, has... Okay. So I follow this dude uh, in games journalism called... Do I press the button? Okay, go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Na- named Jim Sterling. He mm-hmm. he's one of the ones that kind of harps on a lot of the bad video game industry practices, microtransactions, and all that. But for his show, he sometimes comes up with these weird characters. And one of them recently is this character named Stardust, which is a riff on uh, WWE's Gold Dust and <laughs> Stardust. You know the uh, the the Rhodes brothers. And he has actually, he got the attention of his local wrestling promotion where he is in Mississippi, and his Stardust character is actually on the roster now, like, as part of this indie wrestling promotion. (laughs) Interesting. He's going to fake fight people. Whoa, it's not fake. What are you talking about, man? That's (laughs) real. They're really beating each other up up there. (laughs) Are they? Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> they're they're they, people get hurt. What's what's the instance? It's a very it's a, it's a very athletic performance. The instances of uh, of CTE in professional wrestlers versus uh, professional football players. Uh, I don't have the study in front of me. Do you want to? Yeah. Did, I'm not finished conducting it. Oh, okay. <laughs> the study right. is still underway. Right. That there is. I, I don't. <laughs> you let us know when it's done. Okay. I was about. To say, I will. <laughs> all, all I know is I don't know if it's still ongoing, but I know there was like a big class action of like former wrestlers against the WWE regarding that. Yep. I'm not surprised. And and they have a whole rule now that like if you have so many concussions, you will not be medically cleared by our doctors to wrestle anymore. That's reasonable. Oh, oh, I mean, it's it's you know, on the one hand, they're covering themselves, but on the other hand, it's not a bad idea. No, yep. it's a it's a real thing, and it's a bad thing. And... Save the brains. <laughs> it's like it's, it's a save the brains campaign. Yeah, we we want to make sure the brains are okay. The brains are yeah. really, really yeah. important. And WWE really, really does not want another Chris Benoit situation. Mm-hmm. You mostly can't live without the brain. Mostly. <laughs> you can live without parts of it. Yeah. But you not can, you without can, the you whole can thing. live without half of it. That's right. Uh, you, you might. Yeah. You, you, it's, it's risky. Yeah. You end up like uh, playing the piano really well, but you can't button your shirt like Dave Matthews on that episode of House. Yeah. <laughs> he could only do. He, he, yeah. And his dad was. He could only um, do some things because he lost half his brain. Was Red Foreman? Yeah, we talked about that. Never called him dumbass in that episode, though. I don't think <laughs> not, that would have been a little insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> Go check it out. It's probably on Netflix. Anyway. Still kind of disappointing whenever you see that actor and he doesn't, doesn't call someone a dumbass. dumbass. Yeah, I saw RoboCop the other day, and I was like, he's yeah. too young to call anybody dumbass. He doesn't even have kids at this point. <laughs> he's so really he's so young in that. Does movie. he have hair? Not uh, really. He's he's losing it. Yeah, he's it's not. Hard. It's, it's he's got going. he's got about a six head. It's already <laughs> six on the way head. out at that point. He's not fully, you know, bald off the top, but mm-hmm. he's he's getting there. He's one of those guys that started losing his hair pretty young. I I can sympathize. <laughs> so can my brother and Kurtwood Smith. Yes, right? that is yep. correct. Here we go. Mm. Or that just ends, and we'll try. To say, here we go. <laughs> What's almost news, Craig? What's almost news? <laughs> well, the almost news is okay. Um, there's a Kickstarter out there right now for a game supplement, and um, 
I'm not going to get into a great deal of detail about the Kickstarter other than to say it is for it's a, for a fifth D&D 5th edition supplement. It is um the the Kickstarter is called Strongholds and Streaming. The book that they want to make is called Strongholds and Followers and then they're also part of the Kickstarter is to get money and and so that they can rent studio space. They want to do like a really nice high-end production stream of their campaign of the okay. next campaign like geek and sundry critical role yeah. level and so they're going to need to rent a studio and they're going to have to set dress it and all this you know so there's it's it's a it's an ambitious kickstarter those of you you guys follow kickstarters a little bit do you, yeah. you do you know what the the top earning rpg role-playing game kickstarter has been no no idea nope um it's um, Seventh Sea that just happened a little while back. Okay. They made seven hundred thousand dollars. I actually missed that one. The uh, Strongholds and Streaming did seven hundred thousand dollars in the first day. Whoa! Um, so they're gonna hold the record for a while yet? Forever. <laughs> I don't know how. The, I mean, will will anything ever overtake this? It depends where it ends up. We'll wait and see where it ends up. But they did seven hundred thousand dollars in one day. Well, what was the goal? Fifty thousand. Wow. And you know, has like it could end up being a situation like what what happened with video game kickstarters, where there was kind of a floor that eventually fell out, like they reached so high, and then nothing since has kind of reached some of those heights. Well, this is this is it's bringing to fifth edition something that is completely missing from the game, which is to say it's a resource for building strongholds and keeps and towers and to, and to turn your campaign into more of a political influence campaign where it's going to have a whole series of rules that has to do including character stuff and whatnot that allows you to kind of make the campaign into, you're not just running around fighting monsters. You're, you know, guiding the course of a kingdom, you know, so it gets very political and very deep and it gets into all that kind of stuff. And then on top of it, all the streaming stuff too, because streaming is getting to be a big deal. Somebody wrote on that first day on my Facebook feed, this is a, an editorial essentially. So Strongholds and Streaming just hit 700,000 on Kickstarter after day one. As a comparison, 7th C did 700,000 in four weeks. Um, blah, blah, blah. This is an industry disruption level funding. Now we'll see what it really does, but his, he's positing on its own. This one Kickstarter will be a noticeable percentage of the entire North American RPG market for this year, which will is, is expected to be around $35 million. Mm-hmm. This means that this one Kickstarter will be bigger than most companies' annual output, except maybe Wizards. And I'm not sure where Paizo falls on that. I think it's safe to say that the 800-pound gorilla in the room is no longer an RPG company. It is the streaming community. Because the streaming community is driving this. Um, that's insane. That is <laughs> nuts. So there are a lot of people who like to watch other people play. It is huge. It's, uh, it's or, enormous. Yeah, listen, watch. Like, there's a lot of D and D podcasts, and I... really well produced. Like, you know, it's beautiful sets. People are, might be, you know, in costume. They're they, like critical role is people. Those are voice actors, so they're yep. they're portraying a character, and they're they're really hamming it up, and they're you know they're they're having fun with it. They're sometimes even kind of bending the rules and just letting the game be fun, and they're they're making it an entertainment mm-hmm. for other people to watch, in, and not just a game. Um, yeah, it's it's enormous. It's the reason Pax Unplugged exists, hmm. is because you know the the video game crowd didn't go to Pax Unplugged, the streaming crowd went to Pax Unplugged. The people who watch Critical Role and that's what they know about gaming is like, oh, that's you know, and they had some streaming stuff that happened there, and then you could also go and play other games. And I think I talked about it at one point where people were like discovering the fact that there's things other than D and D because right now streaming D and D is you know that's the big one with Critical Role. Um, like this, you can play a vampire in this game. <laughs> like, yeah, the game is it's political, and you've got this beast within that you're trying to keep under control. If you let it take over, then you lose your humanity, and blah blah blah. Oh, it's, oh but you play a vampire. It's not D and D. No, it's a whole different game. There's hundreds of them, little, <laughs> little boy, little girl. <laughs> um, it's crazy. So, I'm I'm really interested to see what percentage of the. <laughs> market of uh for north america this thing is going to be when it's all said and done maybe into double digits percentage hmm. of the total 
it's it's crazy. Anyway, that's I I just wanted to bring that. Well, up. if they do the, the one day the one day comparison <clears throat> versus the four week comparison is what blew me away. If it follows the, you get a third of your funding the first day, a third of it in the middle, and another third of it at the end, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, the first few days. So let's say they get a million in the first few days. Yeah, so they make, it's going to be. So they make three million out of thirty five million. If they make, million, if they make three, that, if they make three and a half million, cl- it's ten percent. Yeah. yeah, that's getting close to double digits. Yeah. Yep. Nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Moving on. What else is news? Um, yeah, going from that amazing uh, news. <laughs> to less to, amazing news. Um, <laughs> did you know that, that there is a uh, company that does DNA testing? Yeah, we know about those. For, no, this is specifically, uh, they, they market themselves to um, uh, homeowners and uh, condo associations. Okay. Care to guess what they're testing the DNA of? Well, I've got a really disgusting answer. Go for it. <laughs> the stuff that gets scraped off the walls when they're cleaning up the apartment after the other person moved out. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's not quite that bad. No, okay. it's, it's, um, it's all the piles of dog poop that people don't pick up around the property. Okay. Yeah. They're, um, I'm trying to find a really, really long article. And oh, okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> it's called poo prints. Are they trying to identify the dog so you can figure out who's letting their dog poop on your yard? Right. And we the, already talked about this. We did three years ago. I we, brought up. It might have been a different company, but I I have brought up this exact kind of story. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, that's okay. Let's hear what let's hear what poo prints does. <laughs> well, that's the thing is because they they the you know the headline is uh is. DNA tested dog poop to catch the people, you know, yeah. offenders. And like, well, how do they even do that? Because you have to have a database, they right? Do, they do yeah. the science. <laughs> you don't think? Well, no. Okay, so the DNA stuff, yeah, they do the science on that. But they have, you can't, you, you, sure, you can test the DNA of the poo, but what are, how are you going to match to a dog? And that's the thing, is they've the marketed breed. themselves to, no, 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 they've marketed oh. the specific dog. They've marketed themselves to... HOAs and condo associations who have made it mandatory for if you're going to live there and you're going to have a dog, you need to submit your dog's... Register it to the database. Exactly. So that when they test the poop and it comes back, they can match it to whose dog in which unit and then send them a $250 fine (laughs) for cleanup. Yep. Well, that's good. Bust those people. I'm not a fan. (laughs) Speaking of homeowners associations, did you hear about this one? Um, people... Yes. If you wish to learn more about this, it was Nerdburger episode 109 as seen on TV. One of the items in our list here was the OCD Seattle hippies resort to DNA testing to catch dirty dog owning Seattle hippies who refuse to pick up the poo. <laughs> Does it say what company it is? Um, it's, I think it's a dead article. Oh, it's that old. Yeah, it's well. It's <laughs> episode one oh nine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Over three years and ago, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, not quite three years ago with Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, the uh, the Andy Memorial uh, Nerdburger search <laughs> engine, Nerdburger search engine, does in fact work. I just used <laughs> it. For the record, Andy's not dead. <laughs> he just asked that it be named after him, so we did. <laughs> It'll be dead someday. <laughs> someday it will be a memorial. <laughs> the future Andy Memorial. Or, 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 memor- yeah, the, fu- the Andy... Don't uh, overdo future- it. Don't yeah, overdo it. <laughs> so speaking of homeowners associations, mm-hmm. did you hear about this one in Kansas City, Missouri? There's a neighborhood mm-hmm. called the um, Summerfield. Apparently nobody who lived there knew that they were part of the Summerfield Homeowners Association. Until they started, <laughs> they started getting bills. Like they didn't know they were. Not only are they a member of one of the most no, horrible organizations ever created, the HMO, HOA, <laughs> homeowner HMO, <laughs> HOA, that too, the HOA homeowners homeowners association. Yeah, they didn't yeah. know they were. Like, well, surprise! They, they, everybody kept getting bills sent to them in the mail saying you owe your fees, and but. They all knew they had never signed up and that there some, was no homeowners some sort association. Of scam. Right, it's some sort of scam. So yeah. they all just threw them away for several years. <laughs> and then they all got liens placed on their houses. All right, produce produce my signature. Yeah. Where, um, where's that signed, signed agreement? 
well-being. <laughs> so are, they, you a, are you a member of an HOA? Yep, there's one in my neighborhood. Is it, it, is it reasonable? Yeah, it, not it's... Not too bad? They, they hire an uh, outside management company, kind of like with an apartment complex that handles the day-to-day -day stuff, which I find that's a lot more reasonable than, you know, the 100% resident one uh, run ones. Where somebody comes over and they just... They, they, they have a, a their belief of what they think their neighborhood should look yeah. like mm -hmm. to keep their property yeah. values high, and yep. so they're going to come over there and tell you you can't paint your trim this color? Yeah. That... They have an of approved palette. Di that dickitude. <laughs> Go ahead. My neighborhood has a, has a voluntary HOA. <laughs> Are you a member? <laughs> Care to guess? <laughs> I'm going to say no. You would be correct. <laughs> you can pay, I don't even know what it is, $250 a year, $300 a year. For, and the, for them to tell you what to do. For them to tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm like, why would I do that? Because... I don't know if I've ever told the story, but when we bought, when we bought the house, the, our, our successfully sidetracked our real and that's fine. Our our real estate agent was like, okay, so this neighborhood has when we were doing all the paperwork back and forth. It's like this neighborhood has a voluntary HOA, to which I laughed for like five minutes, and then when I calmed down and composed myself, I said, so what does that mean exactly? And she says, well, you have you have three options. You can choose to join the HOA in which case then you have to pay the fee every year and you're part of the HOA your your house is locked in forever legally sure like the when you sell it you're there they will the next owner will have to join the HOA i'm like <laughs> you what? know what you, you know what you need to do is right before you sell join the HOA <laughs> screw the new owner I'm i don't know if you can do that but <laughs> okay <laughs> and, uh, to which i replied why would anyone do that <laughs> Because wouldn't that, wouldn't it be, isn't it a selling point that you're not in the HOA? That doesn't matter because they can't enforce anything because it's voluntary. Right. And the real estate agent just kind of shrugged her shoulders <laughs> and was like, <laughs> I don't make the rules. Yeah, because like, does, has like my neighborhood actually has like common use space type stuff like a pool and so tennis do we, courts. but you have to pay okay. extra for it. You can join this HOA. It's not part of the fees and that... not and pay a little bit less and not get any benefit at all. That's or madness. you can pay like a hundred dollars more and have access to the pool. That's madness. That should be part of the fees. Why like, would like, just why, straight why up would anybody There's, other than to be a good neighbor? Your your HOA is a fee fee. Yeah, it's a fee that you pay in order to be able to pay other fees. Yep, mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. So um, but no, you can you can join the pool. For a little bit more than what it would be on top of the HOA fee if you were if you joined and not be in the HOA but use the pool, but for a little bit more money. So why wouldn't you just do that? I don't know. Now me, I combust in the sun, so I don't. I'm not yeah. going to use the pool. So we we've never paid for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, pool. the apartment complex where I live has a. I mean, it's actually itemized in my rent. I like. I know this is my rent. This is my water utility, mm -hmm. um, water sewer, and then there's this, which is like a you know. They call it like the property me property upkeep fee or whatever. Yeah. It's like fifteen bucks a month right. goes toward because you have cutting, land, landscaping, cutting the lawn, and, and keeping the pool clean. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. My my HOA, I actually appreciate when they send out the the bill for the fees. They'll actually give you like the full annual budget breakdown. Like this is what we spent for everything. This is what we took in. This is the the surplus or the underrun. And they're mm -hmm. normally like dead on. Yeah. All right. Anyway. But um no so the oh. three options were okay. join and pay and screw your whoever you plan to sell right. to and potentially lower your property value in the process or don't sign and don't join or and this one I really didn't understand don't join but but make it legally binding that when the next person buys this house they have to join I'm like who on earth would choose that option <laughs> I get the other two, one or the other, but who's going to pick that? Dude, no, I'm not going to join the HOA for as long as I live here, but I'm going yeah. to lower Force my property you, value new person. to whoever I sell it to at a lower price because they have to join the stupid HOA. Like, why on earth would you do that? I just don't get it. I just don't get any of it. So anyway, these people um, got their <laughs> their local uh, their local Fox TV station, the Fox Four Problem Solvers, <laughs> nice. to, to dig into it, and they found out that there's the there's a man and a woman that are running this scam. And um, <laughs> okay, it is a scam. <laughs> and uh, 
they they got they uh they somehow got um they got the liens taken off so nobody had to pay the liens but they had to pay a lawyer yeah to get the liens taken off and they anybody can do this again to them there's no there's no law against filing fake liens or there's no there's <clears throat> like fraud i mean isn't this i don't know you're That's defrauding people out of money they they interviewed like the local uh representative for that area who said that that they're going to try to get a law passed in the I'm going to go around my apartment building and start collecting an extra fee. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently you can't get in trouble for it. I'll just see how many dummies I have living next door to me. Hey, you got 20 20 bucks for the uh, roof patio improvement fund. Where do you draw the line between fraud and just taking money from people because they're stupid? Like, (laughs) is there a gray area in there that that we can abuse? What's the Venn diagram? Yeah. (laughs) Or here it's just clearly taking money from people. Here it's clearly fraud. Mm-hmm. You're going to get in trouble. But where those overlap, it's like, well, no, what happens in there? <laughs> like you're, you're kind of taking advantage of people and you might get in trouble, but not necessarily. Well, it gets, you're it hedging gets, your bets. gets back to that, that thing we talked about with Jim a few weeks ago about the the ordinance for leaving your, your car running with the key in it and yeah. getting fined for being stupid. And like, shouldn't having your car stolen be the punishment? (laughs) Isn't that good enough? (laughs) Yeah. Like, at what point do we stop trying to protect people from their own stupidity? No, got to protect everybody. (laughs) Even, even really stupid people. I mean, not protecting them, their, their lives, but they're just their money. Yeah. (laughs) Or yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that we need to necessarily, you know, there's a, there's a way to, to, Call the herd a little bit out of uh, <laughs> not to kill, there's, not there's to some, kill, not that version of calling, right. mind you, but you know, just to some minor herd calling to to, to should yeah, be allowed. To just give a little punishment out to make people better. <laughs> Maybe the only way they'll learn is by example. Yeah, yeah. little kid touches the stove one time. time. Yeah, <laughs> dude leaves his car running with the keys in it, gets it stolen one, one time. time. Yeah, one would assume. That's, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, and if if they're not smart enough to figure it out after the one time, then the problem just eventually solves itself, right? <laughs> they are being fined. How much does their car cost? Right, that's the fine. Yeah. <laughs> How many times do you burn yourself on the stove before you die? You know, <laughs> or you lose lose the use of your hands or something and can't make a living anymore. Anyway, <laughs> so. Any other any little other news stuff there, Josh? Uh, no, no, nothing, nothing that doesn't already associate with what I will be talking with late, talking about later. Gotcha. Oh boy, what do we got here? With the Super Bowl having just gone, you know, come and gone a while back, I found a little. See if you remember any of these. I'm not going to play them. It, this is just a, a list. Um, but I found myself like going through the list, and it's kind of in in order by year of like the. Not not every, doesn't cover every year, but it's like the Super Bowl commercial, the really memorable Super Bowl commercials. Sure, right. Which admittedly become regular commercials. You yeah, start yeah. to see them afterwards. You just find out that they were premiered during the Super Bowl um, for ridiculous amounts of ad money. Yeah, what was it this year? The uh, five million? five million for thirty for seconds. Thirty seconds, I think so. Yeah. And the only reason I know that is because of the uh, the the one thirty second spot that no one saw, or that a lot of people didn't see because the screen just just went blank. Didn't I don't think it happened Somebody here. Somebody didn't fill the they didn't have enough commercials. Well, Somebody didn't buy that spot. Was it NBC? I was that know. what it was on? They they said after the fact, oh, that was just a that was just a programming or or a technical difficulty okay. and no one's commercial didn't get shown that was supposed to. Okay. Covering their butt w- on that. Whatever. Sure. What they should do is they should just every year put up uh, a black screen for 30 seconds with just white letters that says, your ad here, $5 million. <laughs> you know, like they have with billboards when they're not sure. filled. Anyway, uh, do we all remember the... Uh, <laughs> Call 1-800. Mean Joe Green, Hey Kid Catch. Sure, I yeah. remember that one. And the mm-hmm. tunnel. It's a classic. Where's the beef? That started a, a oh, really? from, from a Christmas... Or, it's a Super Bowl commercial, 1984. What's, what's Cla- her name? Clara Peller. Clara Peller. Clara something. Clara didn't even Peller. have to look it up. It's in my brain. Yeah, I knew it was Clara Forever. something, but I couldn't remember the last name. Yeah, she's dead. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was the 80s, right? 1984. Um, also in 1984. Um, Orwell? 
<laughs> well, no, I mean, kinda. What's your What's your favorite brand of computer and electronic device, Mike? Yeah, Apple. The the famous Apple com- computer, the one that <laughs> Apple computer um, ad that didn't actually show the product. No, <laughs> it's just it like a mini movie. Yeah, well, that was for everybody. The, that, that was for the Mac that everybody yeah. got talking about because mm-hmm. like, what the hell is this? Like, there's this dystopian society and it's dark and there's this lady running through with a hammer and <laughs> sledgehammer and <laughs> yeah. she flings it at the. Uh... At the guy that was supposed to be representative of IBM. Yeah, the, the Bud Bowl started in IBM, 80- what's that? Yeah. People in, in 2018 international said. Bus- <laughs> international business machines. Yeah, that's funny. Bud Bowl, the animated Budweiser and Bud Light. They don't do that. Do they do that anymore? They did it for years, but it's they, not They've anymore. stopped, yeah. Yeah, that started in 89. There's a puppy bowl now, right? Yeah, that's a thing. Puppy and kitten bowl now. Yeah. <laughs> Kitten well, there's bowl. like isn't, didn't some some channel was doing like the lingerie bowl like, well guys like yeah. football guys like women in lingerie too. There's so. a lingerie football league. Yeah, I don't know that that's necessarily a, oh, a the, commercial. The best Pepsi ad ever, 1992. The one oh 92. Cindy Crawford's heyday. Oh right. Her in the jeans and the white shirt, and she gets the Pepsi out of the machine and drinks it, and they're like the height oh. of the supermodel okay. thing. What was the one where Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire? Was that not a Super Bowl ad, or was that was just a regular it was Pepsi, a Pepsi ad? It was a Pepsi ad. I don't think it was a Super Bowl ad. Uh, the McDonald's Showdown one. That's where uh, Michael Jackson. Who's my, that? Said people in twenty eight. Larry Bird. <laughs> Larry Bird and Michael Jordan <laughs> were uh, what that guy from the Haynes commercials? <laughs> yeah, we're we're making crazy basketball shots. They're like sitting in the rafters and they oh, throw the ball oh, and it bounces yeah. into yep. the basket and everything. <laughs> <laughs> that series was called Showdown. Yeah. <laughs> off this, off that, off yeah. the other, nothing but net. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bud. Bud. Oh, the the the, the wise the, the, the Budweiser frog. Bud, why, Did yeah. he have a name? <laughs> bud. <laughs> <laughs> that started in '95. Jeez, that's a long time ago. <laughs> that's a whole person who can drink ago. <laughs> yeah. Plus a couple years. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole uh, college graduate ago. Yeah. Well, if they're smart. Wow. <laughs> if they're if they can do it in four years, minimally proficient. Yeah, I don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it? it? <laughs> Maybe we remember it, or some of our listeners. Do. Nissan, the pigeons commercial. Nope. There we Doesn't go. sound familiar. <laughs> right along. Do we all remember um, when I grow up? The little kids talking about this is a monster.com back in the days of monster. Oh, when right. I grow up, I want to have a brown nose. <laughs> when I oh, grow up, yeah. I want to be a yes man. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Got a little too real with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that da-da-da. it? I just seen the couple other oh, the Clydesdales. You know, yeah. they had the uh, that they was, had they had um, the Clydesdales what premiere during a Super Bowl. Well, the Clydesdales, they've, they've done Clydesdales. Budweiser Clydesdales commercials That's as like a new a Christmas thing, a new ad campaign a number of times oh, over okay, the course of the okay. year they, re, they, they rebooted, rebooted it, sure. it. Um, and it's often Christmas because it's always like the Clydesdales yeah, through yeah. the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2002, they trotted the Clydesdales out into. Um, I'm not sure if that's maybe Central Park or it's a park anyway. Within the distance, the missing towers. Oh, okay. You know, a somber, sure, somber ad, like it was just the 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 ambient noise of the of the horses and whatever you saw. Off, and you and... saw off in the distance. There was like you know, if if you, I mean, it was still very much in the public consciousness. Like if you oh, saw sure. if you saw a cityscape like, shot of New York, you're like, like okay, a... there's no tower. The the, the the twin towers are gone. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> Before it was a trope on Fringe. Yeah. Uh, the the Betty White ads for Snickers started. Not really? feeling like yourself. Oh, <laughs> oh that makes you're sense. Not, that was a you, Super Bowl. You're not ad, you yeah. when you're hungry, you know. <laughs> Where... And they continue with that. Yeah, that, those are really, they those reboot are still those. going. Yeah, yeah they reboot yeah. reboot those with like a different not celebrity with, every not now with and her. then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what else? Anything interesting? Oh, the Force. I remember that one. That was five or six years ago. The Force. It was an ad for Volkswagen with the um the remote start key fob, and it's a little kid dressed as oh, Darth yeah. Vader, and he's uh-huh. going. Mm-hmm. He's pointing his hand at the car, and then dad is back behind him. Mom or dad is back in there and starts the car, and he's like, (gasps) (laughs) I remember that one. That was good. Well, and this Mm. year we had uh, the Tide ad. It's a Tide ad. (laughs) With uh, 
Yeah, that's all. Sheriff Hopper. That's right. That's all I got. <laughs> I'm wearing my shirt again. Yeah, has like uh, Jen, my roommate, showed me that ad campaign, and it was just killing me, especially the Old Spice one. Yeah. <laughs> How do they do that with the? Did they pay Old Spice to use their little? <laughs> I sure and get probably, that, it's, it's yeah. probably the same actor. Everything's yeah. for sale. Of yeah. course they did. Well, as I was about to say, Here, that, Old Spice, here's thirty billion dollars. Yeah. Can, Can I use your, your whistle? Commercial? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's all for sale. For yeah. the record, listeners, I am for sale. <laughs> oh, I'm totally for sale. If it's not illegal, I'll do damn near anything for the right amount of money. Hell, if, if it is if, if it, it is, is illegal, illegal, it just costs more. If, if it is if it is illegal, and you pay me in cash, <laughs> you pay me in cash, and it's a crime that I would probably only serve a year or two. You know, <laughs> we, we can negotiate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else is news? Anything? I've got a, a little um, Twitter rant thing that's funny. Oh, lovely. Um, speaking of Star Wars that you just brought up, okay, that was not planned. Of course, you can tie everything to Star Wars nowadays. The, the, that being planned would have required <clears throat> pre-production. That, it would have required <laughs> effort. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you know how we, we talked about Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, people like me that didn't necessarily like it that much, and although I'm reserving, there were things, there were things there about were it that you things. didn't like. Yeah. And by the way, I didn't, I didn't not like Rose. I just didn't like the everything they did with Rose. <laughs> like they could have done something different with Rose, like stayed on the ship and you're not, not a, wasted a half an hour. You're not of a my fan time. of that. You're not a fan of that sidetrack. No. Um, to the to the gambly planet, right? Serve no purpose other than Benicio del Toro. He was good. With his weird and doing something with voice Rose. Things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and giving Rose something to do. Well, anyway, so they here's... introduced a character, and that was kind of her. Sure. Yeah. Her thing. Here, here... BB-8 looking like a jackpot <laughs> here's a guy and i have spitting out coins <laughs> here's a guy on twitter that sure. took took the uh took the tack of well what if what if we looked at empire strikes back what if we thought about empire strikes back when it came out mm-hmm. in 1980 and and did what everyone's doing the, the people that don't like um the last jedi are doing but did, did it to empire strikes back Okay. Like pretending we had social media back then, and so here's his Twitter rant on the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay, right. How how terrible! I'm I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be yes. complaining about mm-hmm. it. Sure. All right, yeah. here we go. Yeah. And yeah. this is about the the best Star Wars movie. Are we all in agreement? Yeah. What, the what? best of the of the oh, movies sure. that have been Absolutely. made so far? For sure, up there. It's okay. It's my yeah. favorite. I v- I view them differently, being younger than you two. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so among the best, and he's gonna. He's going to have uh, nice things to say. Patrick Willems. I don't know who this guy is, but uh, this was pointed out to me by a friend. Watching The Empire Strikes Back and wow, all this comedy with C-3PO while Luke is almost dying is so out of place. <laughs> Irvin Kirshner ruined Star Wars. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and now Han and Leia are basically in a romantic comedy. Get this corny humor out of Star Wars. Luke has telekinesis now. Way to break the whole mythology. So that giant asteroid worm can breathe in space? It should have died in seconds. Good to know this movie doesn't care about physics at all. Jesus, I'm waiting for Luke to find the badass Jedi Master, and there's just these endless scenes of a dumb Muppet stealing his food. (laughs) Did he land on fucking Sesame Street? (coughs) Wait, Darth Vader, ultimate badass villain, is just a lackey to some crusty old dude? Does this old dude even have a name? Where did he come from? (laughs) Snoke. (laughs) How are these TIE fighters dropping bombs when there's no gravity in space? (laughs) Because they were bombing the asteroid. Oh, they're shooting them out. They had a propulsion system in the bottom of the TIE (laughs) That's something I didn't even think about, but obviously they're being attracted to the gravity that the ship creates for itself, right? They were bombing the the asteroid. No, no, no. I'm talking about Last Jedi when they're bom- in the beginning when they're bombing the the dreadnought. I pff, anyway, I don't know. that's the- what he's tying it back to. <laughs> My boy Han Solo finally gets some action, and then it's ruined with more three bo comedy. Like it's suddenly a goddamn Inspector Clouseau movie. <laughs> Luke is on some kind of vision quest in a haunted cave. How many times can one movie break its own mythology? Oh, sure, you're telling me a Star Destroyer has no cameras or anything to detect a whole spaceship just sitting on its surface? No one's going to look out a damn window and see it? <laughs> when the Falcon's sitting on, 
on the back of the uh-huh. Star Destroyer. What's with the Waiting dumb... for the garbage dump. <laughs> yeah. What's with the dumb subplot where Vader keeps murdering his admirals? <laughs> the Imperial Army is suddenly a wacky comedy routine and they expect us to take them seriously? Is this series supposed to be about a war? This whole movie is about hanging out in a swamp or going on a road trip. <laughs> What's the whole rebel <laughs> army doing? Shouldn't they be trying to, like, win? <laughs> Vader can just deflect blaster shots with his hand? Why does he even need a lightsaber? Are they just making up new powers as they go? <laughs> and how Luke can just hear his friends from across the galaxy? So the Force is basically a psychic radio? What? What? <laughs> Yoda, don't go, it's a trap. Luke, I'm gonna go. Leia, Luke, stop, it's a trap. Luke keeps going. How do they expect us to root for the protagonist this stupid? <laughs> All suspension of disbelief, gone. Two days of training and Luke is suddenly a better fighter than Ben Kenobi. Hashtag lack of consistency. <laughs> wow, so that movie went nowhere. They got rid of the best character and the mythology makes no sense now. Fuck Irvin Kershner and Lawrence Kasdan. <laughs> <laughs> Please, my petition to have The Empire Strikes Back removed from canon. Donate to my Patreon. <laughs> I hadn't heard the whole thing, but I've seen parts of it quoted elsewhere. That, that's, that's great. So, as, as somebody who uh, sort of did that to The Last Jedi, I can appreciate it. Sure. <laughs> Although I did say I'm reserving final judgment until I get number nine. A lot rides on the last one, yeah. Did you hear the... They finally made a version of Monopoly that's going to be fun. <laughs> Wait, are you saying I don't you didn't believe enjoy you. Monopoly? You mean monotony? <laughs> the board game. Hey, monotony. it was fun when I was six and had no attention span. Um, yeah, they're putting out the Cheaters Edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Apparently, they're trying to reflect, uh, you know, the way financial and real estate and everything else oh, works oh. for real or it's not just you can steal i thought you were going with the, the way people have a, adjusted the actual rules well, of monopoly no, 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 to no, make no, it more fun no 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 there's they uh the, the there's there's a, a number of things that are going on and there's like a, a another deck of cards that does other stuff other than chance community chess but the big kicker is you don't designate a banker you have your little tray that all the little paper you know the fake money sits in and when it's your turn you are your own banker and you are encouraged <laughs> to steal. Well, sure. <laughs> so you got to have people like right on top of you watching, making sure you're not peeling off $600 bills <laughs> when you should only get five. Two or, yeah. <laughs> hey, look over there. <laughs> I can afford a hotel now. How about that? <laughs> yeah, are the hotel skyscrapers instead of those little... No, I think it's red schoolhouse. I think it's also now. I think it's going to be all probably all the same stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, it's nearly half. Uh, <laughs> a company sponsored survey found that nearly half of Monopoly players attempt to cheat anyway. <laughs> so they said, eh, "Let's give them what they want. Let's give them a version that's built around cheating that you can lie and you know you you, you think the Monopoly board got rage flipped often before? <laughs> <laughs> Wait till a bunch of cheaters sit down together." <laughs> see how long see because there's one of them is going to be the worst cheater right they're going to try and they're going to get caught constantly sure and so that's the person who's going to rage flip and yeah. everybody else will be like we were having a perfectly good game of monopoly where i was taking complete advantage of all of you <laughs> <laughs> was it go directly to jail do not collect two hundred dollars instead do not pass go do not do not pass go go directly to jail Stay in jail, um, in jail, which is a white collar country club resort yeah. for six months. And when you get out, make $1,200. <laughs> yeah. Like every time you go to jail yeah. and when you come out, you get to actually, you make money. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is like, I, I've, you know, uh, there's, you know, video game versions of Monopoly now that some streamers play online and, like, jail becomes the strategy for late game to avoid landing on, like, really harmful properties. Like, you want to get in jail so you're not moving around the board risking having all your money taken away. So there you That's go. good. Monopoly. Cheat, cheat. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I'm all out of news. Me too, Josh. I'm bereft of news, Josh. Um, did think of one thing. Um... 
So uh, Evo, which is like one of, if not the biggest video game uh, or uh, fighting game tournaments, uh, announced their lineup for their main stage for 2018. And for the, I can't remember if it's the first time in a long time, or it may even be the first time ever, the current Marvel versus Capcom game is not on the slate. Like it's in a bunch of side tournaments, but it's not going to be on the main stage, which it's kind of testament to how badly Capcom botched the release of Marvel versus Capcom in Infinite. Mm. Capcom, Capcom. What else? What all does? Uh, Street Fighter, oh, Marvel that, yeah, versus yeah, okay. Capcom. A lot of fighting they're... games. Uh, Resident Evil yeah. series is theirs. Another game I will talk about in a bit is one of theirs. One of the old standards. Yeah, yeah. They they've been around back from a while. the arcade days. Yep. Yeah. Arcade, what's that? Said people in 2018. <laughs> that's the thing that's on Stranger Things. <laughs> and I mean, they're halt, halt and catch fire. <laughs> there's forms of them that still exist. If you, you take into account stuff like main event, that's like bowling alley with games tucked away in one of the corners. Sure. But that's, that's, that's a total 80s throwback retro trope that's I, being exploited. Yeah. Every, every show or movie or anything that has anything to do with with the 80s has an arcade involved because arcades are awesome and i want them back desperately (laughs) (laughs) even though i know it will never happen in the way i want it to well i mean they're there's they're out there a little bit you know they're nostalgia pieces well Um, like i said it's normally it's combined with something else like a lot not just main event, but like even the bowling alley near my house that's primarily a bowling alley has a pretty decent game setup now. Right, and there's um, the joystick game bar that's got a whole mess of video games in it. Battle old, and Brew. Old school console. Yeah, ba- Battle and Brew, of course. That has the more up-to-date stuff, typically. Yeah, joystick is mostly like, they've got big, you know, the big stand-up consoles yeah, yeah. from the 80s. Um, and it's a bar. Yeah. And they have like, you know, six of... They don't have like one of that thing. They have like Over. six of this game and five of that game. And I've often considered going down there for like a nerd burger thing, you know, for like, you know, if I do a launch party or a wrap party or a post party or whatever for. Where are capers. they now? Joystick? Not, well, oh. there's Battle and Brew. They're still out east, yeah. of, east of here, right? Ba- ba- Battle and Brew kind of had a scare. Joystick where... is closer to downtown. Yeah. It's like a south side. Yeah. Yeah, Battle and Brew is up uh, in Sandy Springs right now, or it sounds right. ish. But yeah, they had a scare a few months ago. Where yeah, we talked about it. Oh, did you? Uh, they were they were going to close, and then somebody bought them. Says yeah, oh. <laughs> that that tells you how far behind I typically am with the podcast. <laughs> no, that's I okay. Am that's on. okay. <laughs> Locals are all happy with that. Well, you have oh, video sure. games you want to talk about. Yep. Yeah. Start with your favorite. The favorite one. Uh, that was a from tough your, from your list. That that was a tough call, but but after ta- mentioning you know Capcom getting snubbed from Evo, I figured I'd mention the one thing they did right recently, which that <laughs> that there was a game that came out called Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter is this long running series that's never really gotten much traction in the West. Like it's it's always been huge in like Japan and like the the Asian territories in general. But it didn't, it's only with like the last two 3DS or like the 3DS games uh, that it kind of caught on in the West. And now uh, World, which is on like PS4, Xbox One, and I think it's getting a PC release, but not yet, is the fastest selling game Capcom's ever had, period. And like I said, they have, you know, well-known franchises like Street Fighter and Resident Evil and this at least for a period of time is selling better than they did and and why is that it's just that awesome it's uh it's your favorite i I, (laughs) i'm definitely enjoying it a lot it's so kind of the setup is you're part of a group of hunters that are going to explore this new world part of like a fantasy world and Obviously, the reason it's called Monster Hunter is you're, like, dealing with, like, species that have gotten intrusive or, like, big, huge monsters that are threats to settlements. And, you know, you you start out, you pick a weapon. There's 12 categories of weapons to pick, like, about 12 categories of weapons you can pick from. And, like, they vary from, like, fairly, like, you have dual blades, you have sword and shield, you have bow, but then you have stuff like 
bow guns, which are, you know, like crossbows, but bigger. <laughs> okay. And you have transforming weapons like that. I think one of the ones that tends to be popular with the people more familiar with the series is a thing called the switch axe. That's normally a sword that powers up with use. And then it transforms into an axe for the big hits at the end of your combo. <laughs> nice. Can we get that in D and D? Sure. <laughs> that would be fun. Cause as, as somebody who always plays a fighter, I'm always, you know, debating, do I, do I get a, a nice big sword or an axe? You can have both in monster hunter. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. And uh, uh, but one one of the kind of other than the switch axe, another big sign- signature weapon is you like have a lance and shield, but then you also have the gun lance, which like it sounds, you know, you melee with it and then <laughs> you hit a button and it shoots a massive shell into the enemy. Ooh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so just a lot of fun, interesting weapons. Obviously, some are really hard to use. The I've been because I'm kind of new to the series. I've been using dual blades, and that's kind of one of the easier weapons to learn because it's got fast attack animations, and you don't get stuck in a big long combo. Has like part of the game, especially with the big monsters, is you have to learn their tells or they will wreck you. <laughs> has like they they'll have like it's not just like you go whale on the monster and it dies like it has different like damage states that will eventually like drive it off and you have to track it to its new location to finish it off and like you can cause damage to it in such a way like one of the monsters i fought early on i managed to give it a limp so it was easier to keep up with when it was running away and so is the goal to kill it or capture it uh, you can do either. Um, oh, okay. there, there are benefits to both. Usually the benefit to uh, killing is like the way you get armor in this game is that there's a smithy where like you ha- give them monster parts and they craft <laughs> armor based on the monster <laughs> the parts come from. Nice. And, and uh, or capturing it, the benefit is like research points that actually gives you information that helps, you know, hunt mm-hmm. down creatures more effectively in the future. <laughs> oh, that's some nice armor. You look good, really good. Are, what are do those, I have to kill to get it? Are the are, <laughs> are, are, are those monster parts? Why, yes, <laughs> pretty, pretty much like the uh, the the weapons and the uh, and you also have this little friend that follows you around. That's especially useful for single player since it kind of helps with the uh, the aggro management. Called a palico. That's basically like a bipedal cat. <laughs> A palico? Palico. Yeah, that's what they call them. <laughs> and that they are adorable. And like I said, and they have little, there's little touches to their animations in this game that I don't know how far back these go in the series. Is Like I said, I'm pretty new to it. But like if you're in like a water area that's too deep for them to walk, they just have this little boat they'll stand on and they'll paddle with their weapon like behind you. <laughs> And they'll occasionally, when you're in the middle of a fight, they'll throw out stuff that helps you along the way. Toxic furball. <laughs> yeah, just they, they have their, their pack of equipment that oh, they'll throw okay. out stuff that helps heal you and all that throw, stuff. Throw out. I, uh, for some reason I heard throw, throw up. up. Ah. <laughs> of course, the coolest one in the game, the, the coolest palico in the game is actually like there's a... Um, like a place you get food from like before you go into hunts you like order food and that boosts your stats for the hunt and the uh the the cantina where you get the food from is run like like this big palico with like a scar across his (laughs) eye nice but yeah just just a fun game and it's like you you can go on like specific hunts for specific targets or you can just go on an expedition which is kind of like you free roam the maps and do whatever and they're like big multi-layered maps kind of and they'll, they'll have different environmental theming like the first area is like a jungly area and you can climb up trees to get to the higher levels and all that stuff and it's just very pretty since it's on like a fairly robust console now instead of like th- this is a series that has largely existed on handhelds and like in Japan, this is the series that pretty much kept the the Sony PlayStation handhelds alive for a really long time. Sure, because that game's so popular over there. So, and like you can play it. Like the appeal is, and I haven't had a chance to do this yet. Is you can 
go on these expeditions or hunts with up to three other people and co-op through it. And there are some weapons that are mostly support kind of intended with that in mind. Like there's a hunting horn that it's, you're basically kind of a bard. Like in addition to hitting things with your horn, you also play notes on it. And if you hit right combinations of notes, it gives buffs to, to you and your party. <laughs> what, what's the you're playing the piano when data is falling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah. just, that, that's what I'm thinking of when you talk about whenever it's like you're playing notes on a piano in order to yeah. do something. Yeah, see, that's where be... your your mind went to Goonies. Mine went to South Park and, and the, br- <laughs> the brown note, the no. note that when you when you uh, hit it, it makes everyone poo. <laughs> that's in the that's in the league. That's in the league is as it? well. Yeah. yeah, Taco gets a whole bunch of vuvuzelas after the World Cup. Oh no! <laughs> and he finds the brown note. <laughs> It makes everybody poo at, at midnight on New Year's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that, if any instrument could do it, would that be a poo poo zela? They don't make that joke, <laughs> really. <laughs> and by and by, they don't make that joke. You mean they make that joke the whole episode? No, they make they make they make <laughs> plenty of other better written jokes. Oh, okay. <laughs> So the league is more highbrow than I've been led to believe. <laughs> it's more highbrow than you. <laughs> well, that's not saying and much. It's, and it's not a highbrow show at all. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, so yeah, fun game. The kind of issue it has is that it can be... There's a lot of systems to it, and it, there's not a nice, neat tutorial that teaches you some of them. Like, there is stuff you have to figure out on your own. Like, the whole capture mechanic, it gives you, like, to capture things alive, it gives you very little guidance on. Like, so I, you kind of just take your chances. I, I'm still kind of figuring that out and learning from, like, YouTube videos of the game and Every stuff. time I try to capture something alive, I get my head torn off. <laughs> I get just wrecked. Also, I'd like to point out quickly, too, I, I fully approve the fact that at the very beginning of the discussion, or earlier in the discussion anyway, you referred to um, beating things up as wailing on them. <laughs> that took me back to high yeah. school. Well, totally wailed on him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and that's kind of le- with with the dual blades and the sword and shield in particular, as those are like the really speedy weapons. That's you're just unloading on whatever you're fighting. Until such a time as they rear up and you need to dodge to get out of the way of whatever attack they're about to unleash on you. And <laughs> has like there's healing potions and stuff in the game but they all have really long animations so like part of the strategy is learning when you can step away to like take this long potion drinking animation (laughs) or like your weapons lose sharpness as you fight so there'll be times during the fight where you have to take a moment and like whetstone your (laughs) weapons a little too it, 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 a little too realistic. That that part's a little much. I've been told that when you get to to kind of the mid to end game weapons, that becomes less of a thing. But it's it's pretty significant early on. God, another timeout for sharpening. Come on. Yeah. No, it's time. Not... Time. Yeah. I call time. I call time. What for? Yeah. Weapons no. dull. Yeah. I don't care. I have teeth. <laughs> this is really ruining the momentum. No, it's it's when you're when you're playing it single player. It's right. very much please stay focused on the palico while I do this. Please don't don't shing, come shing, up shing, on me shing. while I'm. And then they come up and wail on you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but like I said, that like uh, one of the early monsters that kind of gets into how varied the the tells the monster can have are is there's like this this bird with kind of it, it spits poison basically. So it has like attacks where it'll like rear back and its neck will puff up so you know the poison's coming so it's the the bird that's the descendant of that uh that dinosaur in jurassic park that that spit acid on newman kind of kind of yeah it'll uh (laughs) right because birds are descendant from dinosaurs it'll spit poison it's got (laughs) it's got a giant poisonous tongue that'll sometimes just whip across at you And so, or or it'll do kind of that very like chicken like thing where it kind of like jumps in the air and like kicks at you. Well, like <laughs> kind of nice. tries to hover there and jeez, you just kick, 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 kick. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, what else? Anything other? Any, another game that you're um, digging a little bit on that one? Where are we? Lo- How are we looking over there, Mike? We're we're um right at one hour. We're getting there. Okay, rapper. Let's see. What do you got? 
real uh, quick overview. What's not, cool? Another good one, just because I feel it's significant and deserves a mention, and because this franchise doesn't have a ton of good games. Dragon Ball Fighters, Fighters spelt with a Z. Fighters. Uh, DBZ, three versus three fighting game made by Arc System Works, who are very good at kind of the anime aesthetic in a fighting game. And so it looks very pretty. It plays very nicely because they're good with their fighting game systems. It has a lot of the popular characters, even from the most recent show, Dragon Ball Super. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of basic stuff that every character has. So people who know Dragon Ball but not fighting games can jump into it very easily. Um, but there's a fair bit of depth to it if you want to dig. Just a lot of fun in general. Cool. Low barrier games are good. L- low barrier to entry, Where but you can you can even yeah. if you're not big into a particular game style, it's it, it's in a thing yeah. that you like, so you can you can latch onto that easily, and then you can slowly learn how to. Yeah play that type yeah of game. A, a, as they say easy to pick up hard to master kind of game uh. and uh the, the the other one which i feel deserves a mention is uh for the playstation 4 they just put out a drastic remake of a game called shadow of the colossus uh which is a ps2 game it got a ps3 remaster um i will admit i never finished those versions has as pretty as the games are um they have some frame rate issues because hmm. it was a very ambitious game visually for the time. But now with this PS4 version, they rebuilt everything from the ground up, has a very smooth frame rate, has a a more modern control scheme, has the control scheme on the older games is a little odd because that's the way that developer rolls. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make you play with the controller my way. Yeah. So not it's, the way that everybody's used to. It, it's just it's a very there's like not a ton of story to it. It's your character comes to this temple with this girl who is explained she is dead. He's looking for a way to bring her back to life. He makes a deal with the entity in this temple. And the cost of entry is he has to to kill these 16 massive creatures for some reason uh, that are scattered around this valley where the temple is. And it's you don't really get an indication as to why until towards the very end. But like these giant monsters are basically combat puzzles. You have to figure out how to get onto them. They have discrete weak points you have to track down. Hmm. It's and they're all different. Like you know, they, they'll be bipedal ones that you kind of have to like climb up their leg, and they'll be <laughs> they'll they'll have convenient stone as they're like creatures of the earth. So it's like grassy looking fur and like stone outcroppings going up their body and all this Ooh, stuff. Cool. So so you'll have like the these huge ones that you have to figure out how to bring them down to the ground so you can actually get onto them. There'll be, you know, ones in the water where you have to like stun them or, or like wait for them to swim by. There's flying ones that you have to entice towards you and then you have to hang on to try to finish them off before you fall off again. This, don't, don't fall and of course this game the the remake knows how pretty it is so there's a, a very substantial photo mode so you can like take pictures of how nice the the new visuals look you can post it on your twitter yeah pretty much <laughs> with a twitter rant <laughs> and i just i feel it has like shadow of the colossus is one of those games that comes up a lot in like greatest games of all kinds time discussions uh Mm -hmm. like i said just because of how visually ambitious it was and how kind of simple the concept was but what they managed to do with it sure cool oh well thank you josh yeah thank you thanks for having (laughs) me again is that that's our wrap up we're thanking him for everything thank you sir um thank you for being you for being you (laughs) i try You do a really good job of it. You're really like better, good at being you. You're better than anyone else at being you. That, I like, that is very Mr. Yeah. Rogers. <laughs> good good to know I pull it off. And whatever happens, friends, remember that you are the best at being you. You've got that going for you, if nothing else. That's not very Mr. Rogers. <laughs> like, Craig, why are you changing your shoes? <laughs> <laughs> because it's my neighborhood. <laughs> Mike, I didn't notice you put that cardigan on when you got here. <laughs> Mike, where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, nerdburgershow at gmail.com. And go to 
Oh, uh, nerdburgergames.com to learn about game stuff. Go to drivethroughrpg.com to buy those game stuffs and make sure to check out the Kickstarter. And we'll see you at Andocon. Woohoo! Yeah, Andocon's coming. On the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig read a Twitter rant review of the Nerdburger podcast. Oh boy. This show sucks. These two idiots are supposed to be friends. All they do is antagonize each other. Suspension of disbelief blown. And what's, and what's, with, the, what's with the callbacks to previous episodes and other discussions? Totally not conducive to occasional listening. Too many in-jokes. We're not all in on everything. And when you do stuff like that, it makes your listeners feel like they're not part of the fun. The only good part of the show is that, that guests they have on each week, at least one person on the show is interesting and likable. Hashtag crap show support my Patreon. <laughs> yeah all right Woo. nobody else is writing said, reviews for us so i said, thought i'd write one for us <laughs> said every listener ever but they still listen as they need something to be mad at <laughs> that's what people we do. are happy to provide that service we will be a hashtag crap show <laughs> if it brings you joy to hate us so, sure. so, sometimes you just gotta lean into it hey it downloads a download right mike <laughs> hashtag crap show people get it trending <laughs>